folks. Welcome in another edition of From the Press Box with Wade Neely. I'm your host, sports editor of the Pulaski Citizen, Wade Neely. So glad to be with you guys. Episode number six, September 21st edition of the program. Big show, lot to get into today. Our featured guest this week is none other than UT Southern head coach, national champion head coach, Will Austin. Great to catch up with Coach Austin as we discussed all the latest with the Firehawks. They're kind of streaking into their toughest part of the season, and we caught up with him just days prior uh, to their biggest road trip of the season. They have two massive showdowns coming up this week. Uh, this show is being released on Thursday. Thursday night, they are set to take on William Carey down in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, top team in the country, arguably uh, the undisputed number one team in the country. And then on Saturday, they get set to travel uh, to Mobile, Alabama for a showdown versus the, their longtime rival, the Mobile Rams. So going to catch up with Coach Will a little bit, but let's kind of just dive right in here, talk about the week that was and uh, really kind of the week uh, that has already been. We've got a lot to get into on this program here today. We'll start with the big showdown in Linville last week. Absolutely devastating loss for the Richland Raiders as they fall to the Cornersville Bulldogs, 62-28. The game really kind of just got away from Richland uh, late in the first quarter into the second, and by halftime it was kind of done and dusted. And it was kind of a two-fold attack. Richland just flat out lost possession a couple of times, had several key turnovers in that game, and that led directly to Cornersville points, including a scoop and a score. Uh, really kind of putting Richland behind the eight ball, and it was kind of just uh, lights out there. I want to say the stat our uh, colleague and staff writer Mark Mize uh, shared with us. I think Cornersville scored three times in like seven plays or something of that nature. I mean, they just uh, really kind of dominated uh, blitzkrieging the Raiders there. So uh, tough loss for the Raiders. Uh, some bright spots, though, Bryce Miller. Uh, throwing a couple of touchdowns, uh, good to see uh, the quarterback still kind of working through it, even though the game was a little bit out of reach uh, in the second half, throwing one in the first and one in the second. Uh, we also saw uh, Andrew Huff with a nice touchdown on the ground, and then we saw Luke Eastlick adding a score as well. So um, Raiders kind of trying to find their, their identity. We'll close with them uh, and their opponent this week in the big finish, but I will tell you, yeah, they're at, on the road at Huntland. That's a region game now. So Richland is sitting there at two and three, and uh, they're now one and one in region play. That's why that game was so crucial. Whoever won that game uh, has a real big leg up, and Richland certainly would have liked to have been uh, two and zero. Oh. Uh, again, more on the Raiders coming up in a little bit. Uh, a couple of quick hits while it's fresh on my mind. We uh, are recording this. Uh, earlier than when you're watching this, obviously, and uh, it's Tuesday night here, and we just wrapped up a crazy ball game as Bridgeforth goes on the road and picks up a nice win, 46-20, to versus the Richland Junior Raiders. Uh, that game was broadcast by yours truly and Trent Maxwell with Pulaski Citizen Live. Uh, crazy game. Kind of not too dissimilar from uh, the high school game that happened last Friday. And what I mean by that is uh, we know going into the game that Bridge Force offense is explosive, explosive, explosive. Todd Gardner, this kid, if you have not seen him, 
Uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but you missed out on an electric young man playing as an eighth grader. He's been electric for his sixth and seventh grade years too, but he was something else uh, this year. As uh, Richland kind of alters their scheme, head coach Nick Patterson and uh, Matt Baxter and the coaching staff up there at Richland, altering their scheme, trying to change things up. And they say, maybe we can't slow Gardner and the Bobcats down. So what do they do? They have a certainly capable offense in their own right. It's usually just a more aerial-based attack as they've got a electric, uh, I said junior on air. I already think of him as a high schooler almost because he's uh, so talented and so mature. But Gavin Schrader is a seventh grader, and it's kind of been an aerial assault all year long for Richland. But they kind of uh, threw a wrinkle at the Bobcats, and it worked to great effect for a good chunk of the first half. They abandoned the pass attack, and they go with a wing tee rushing attack. And Richland, very first drive of the game, marching 55 yards. They lead it 8 to nothing. Uh, kick back off to Bridgeforth. They answer with a Gardner touchdown. He had six in the game, by the way, folks. As it's 8-8 eight to eight at this point, Richland goes on, scores again. Two point no good, so it's 14-8. to eight. And then Bridgeforth answers back, makes it 16-14. to 14. From there, things kind of just went downhill uh, for Richland in the last couple of moments. As they do come back, and they had a nice, I mean a nice drive. I'm pulling up the, uh, the drive chart here. Bridgeforth recovered an onside kick and uh, made it into, uh, what do we have here? Made it into a 24-20 ball game. Uh, excuse me, 24-14. Sorry, folks. Made it a 24-14 ball game, but then Richland, with six minutes left in the quarter till halftime, they go all the way down, and they eventually punch in a touchdown with 10 seconds left to make it 24-20. It was a, uh, a nice rushing touchdown for Noah Moss. He had a great game running. Uh, conversion no good. And then a crazy turn of events as the ensuing onside kick attempt appears to have touched a Richland player prior to the 10 yards, which would have blown the play dead. The officials do not make a call. And guess who? Todd Gardner. He picks it up. He runs it in. Bridgeforth extends its lead at the end of the half, 32-20. to 20 and got the ball to start the third quarter. They quickly scored to go up 40-20, to 20, and that was all she wrote. So a little bit of extended coverage there. Again, if you missed anything on the uh, Bridgeforth Bobcats, big win versus the Richland Raiders, we'll have a recap online at PulaskiCitizen.com, and then you can also go back and listen to it on our Mixler channel. Real quickly here as we kind of wind down this opening segment, again, Will Austin going to join us in just a matter of moments. Giles County Soccer, 5-6-1 and one on the season. They only have four matches remaining. They're 1-2 and two in their district. Got some big matchups to go down the stretch here. They've had a little bit of everything in their last three, though. They got a 3-0 win versus Cornersville last Friday. Monday night of this week, they were defeated by Columbia 3-0. And then Tuesday night, uh, they had to settle for a 2-2 draw at home versus Columbia Academy. Don't look now, folks, but the Lady Raiders, we had Leslie Miller on the program last week. Lady Raiders are kind of rolling. 4-3-1 on the season, 2-2-1 in district play. Uh, those two losses are to powerhouse Kalioka, who's probably uh, got a great shot to uh, uh, at least make the state tournament, if not maybe win it at the Class A level. But they got a big win versus Cornersville, 4-2 last Thursday. Followed up with a 3-0 win in the district on Monday versus Loretto. And then they got a 2-0 win uh, non-district game 
versus Marshall County Tuesday of this week. They close it out next week, uh, next Tuesday, I do believe, versus Cornersville. Final few segments here, final few thoughts, I should say, in this first segment. Weekend breakdown, had a wild weekend, folks, uh, covering football games on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, took the Friday night off to recharge the batteries as the Bobcats were off, uh, but we'll be back with Bobcat football coming up uh, this Friday. And uh, Thursday night, Scott Stewart and myself went up uh, and saw a really uh, fantastic football team as CPA absolutely dominated BGA in our Main Street Preps Thursday night game of the week. Friday night, as I mentioned, was off. Saturday was kind of going all over the place. Not a great slate of games, but I was keeping tabs on everything as best I could. Also made a trip uh, up to Nissan Stadium uh, where, by the way, quick shout out, went to Nissan on Saturday, caught a little bit of the John Merritt Classic as TSU uh, rallies to beat Gardner-Webb. Eddie George, head coach of the Tigers, shout out to uh, the Tigers on a big win. All right, into the big games of the weekend, the UT Vols. Yikes. 29-16, Florida kind of manhandles the Vols, especially in the second half. UT is now 2-17 and 17 in the last 19 games. They haven't won in the Swamp. Uh, I don't think any of the players on Giles County's roster, uh, the high school roster, that is, were uh, even born perhaps the last time they won. As I mentioned in Fearless Forecasters, Casey Clawson, the quarterback, the last time that they got that win. Uh, Mertz was very balanced offensively. Etienne running the ball. He had almost 200 yards rushing. And now for UT, kind of back to the drawing board after such a, a clunker there. They do have a little bit of a gimme game, although UTSA is uh, they're a capable squad, but I do think UT should bounce back there. But then in the next three games, South Carolina, Texas A&M, and Bama all in a row. They do have a bye week mixed in there, but that's, uh, that's a little pause for concern if you're a Vols fan. MTSU breaks into the win column with a 35-14 win versus Murray State. Also, that Week 2 loss versus Missouri looks a little bit better after our good friend and colleague Mark Mises' Tigers uh, stunned Kansas State over the weekend. Again, MTSU almost beat them the week prior. As, uh, that's a big showdown they have coming up this weekend. I'll be in the borough for homecoming. Uh, Colorado State comes to town. And speaking of Colorado State, I had no business, folks staying up till 1.30 on Saturday night watching that game, but I found myself doing it. Crazy comeback for Colorado. Buffaloes, uh, they were kind of the laughing stock of the Pac-12 the last couple of years, and now they're sitting here uh, with a ranked uh, a numeral beside their name, and uh, they just grinded out a crazy emotional win in double overtime. They are must-see TV for now, and I guess that's why I was unable to pull myself away on Saturday night. I do think there will be a come down coming either this week or next. They got Oregon this week. They got USC the following week. Wouldn't be shocked if they lose both, but for now, again, must see TV. And then, as we mentioned, Sunday at Nissan Stadium, the boys in the two-tone blue. Titans win it 27-24 in overtime versus the Chargers. Tannehill with a little bit of a vintage Tannehill Titans performance. Looking very shaky to start. Took a couple sacks. The offensive line's not looking great. Play calling not so hot. But then the game kind of turns on its head when they're trailing 11-0. They need it most. First and 10. And Tannehill just uncorks a gorgeous deep ball. So Traylon Burks downfield. Burks hauls it in. And from there, the offense kind of just started clicking. Tannehill, 200-plus passing yards. 
uh, I believe 20 of 24 through the air and no interceptions, which obviously is key. Had a passing touchdown and had a rushing touchdown. Derrick Henry obviously looking fantastic as well. What a win for the Titans. And the rest of the division not looking so hot. Still think the Titans are uh, in decent shape to potentially win the AFC South. Here we go, folks, to the tail of the tape. Fearless forecasters, not a great week for yours truly. I went 10-6, and six, kind of in embarrassing fashion. A couple of uh, tragic losses for me. None of us picked uh, the Florida Gators to win. None of us picked Missouri to win. But uh, I had the bright idea. I believed in the Bengals, and I believed in the Texans, and that kind of bit me. So uh, your boy currently sits in fourth place. Uh, Daniel Haney holding down the fort. He's got a couple-game lead on yours truly, but uh, Mark Mize is in second. Kerry Jane Malone is in third. And last week's winner, congratulations to James Butcher, who uh, wins by just missing two. And now you have a chance to uh, collect and win in our Fearless Forecasters pool. This week, we're playing for a $50 gift certificate from our friends at Lucille Sports Grill, where the big dogs play. Again, 50 bucks is on the line if you win our prize. And then if you go undefeated, or pick perfect, I should say, you win $400. That's about all we can squeeze into this opening segment. We do have a great interview on the other side of this timeout. UT Southern women's soccer head coach Will Austin will join us. So sit tight, folks. We'll be back right after this on From the Press Box. For over 50 years, PES Energize has been proudly powering our community in Pulaski and Giles County, Tennessee. We're more than just an electric utility. We also offer internet, TV, and phone services. Our commitment to our customers and our community is what sets us apart. We're dedicated to providing safe, reliable, and innovative services. At PES Energize, we believe that serving you is a privilege. We're here for all your energy needs. Visit PESenergize.com or call us today. Hey guys, welcome back in. Another segment here on From the Press Box. We come to you live from Grissom Pitch, where we are proud to be joined by the University of Tennessee Southern women's soccer coach, Will Austin. He joins us. Coach, how you doing, partner? Been uh, trying to get you on the show for a while, so it's good to catch up with you today, my man. Doing well. How are you? We're great. We're great. And let's kind of dive right in. You guys uh, have already gotten off to a terrific start as the the uh, Firehawks. Seems like the season has kind of uh, just kind of flown by as you're really kind of around the midway mark with conference play getting underway last week. Yeah. Um, really, really tough schedule so far. And um, I think we've played... Of the 11 games after this weekend, uh, six teams nationally ranked are receiving votes, including we're playing number one on Thursday and we played number five. Um, so to be six, two and one with 23 new players, we're, uh, we're a work in progress right now, but uh, we're, we're proud of the, the young players and how they've adapted to the challenge of the next level. Absolutely. And uh, that, that's one big thing uh, that we wanted to get into, the building the new roster. And I'm curious, from a coaching standpoint, we hear it a lot in baseball and, and football, um, but for, for you guys, are you trying to implement the exact same scheme tactics every year and just adapt to the players, or are you letting the players kind of maybe dictate your tactics? Yeah, uh, we, tweak, we tweak some little things every year. Um, the biggest challenge this year is for me personally is being patient with them um, because obviously we, we know as a coaching staff we've got 20 years of, of competing for national championships and we've got to live up to that. And there's a lot of talk kind of about rebuilding when you have 23 mm -hmm. new players in the roster, but we prefer to look at it as reloading. Um, and we have to be patient with the youngsters, but we also have to set the expectations high. Um, 
we only returned three players that played in the national yeah. championship game, uh, which is a huge challenge. To you, you can't replace that experience. Um, and we have a ton of talent. We know that for the next three or four years, we're going to compete for national championships. And and what we talk about every day now is why not? Why waste this season? Uh, let's mm -hmm. let's get it together quickly. Let's learn. Let's let's fix some mistakes and let's um, let's make a run at it this year as well. Yeah, I like that mentality. Uh, you know, kind of why not? Uh, I love that. Um, the counter has flipped, and you've already gotten into conference play. We're back in the Southern States Athletic Conference, and we have two massive uh, powerhouses. Uh, and good news, bad news for you guys, you get them right at the start of the year. Uh, you had Blue Mountain last week down in Mississippi, but you guys have William Carey on Thursday, which is when this episode will drop, and then you have uh, Mobile on Saturday. Schedule makers a little unkind to the uh, Firehawks. To start. Schedule makers always unkind. We seem to take a lot of trips to, to Hattiesburg. Um, but yeah, what, what an opportunity we have on Thursday to take on the number one team in the country. And to me, they're the undisputed number one. They have been just absolutely demolishing everyone they've played. So what an opportunity for us to, to take on the best team in the country and, and see what that level looks like, because that's, that's the level we aspire to be. Absolutely. And then after you kind of run through that gauntlet, you do get back to Grissom Pitch finally. Uh, finally. As uh, we've been waiting you guys to get on the, the great uh, facility out here. Um, then the schedule does get a little easier, obviously, but you guys certainly have that murderer's row to start, um, murderer's row. Uh, if you will. Uh, let's talk about uh, some individuals. Who has shined uh, brightest for you guys through these first uh, few matches? Um, honestly, we've just been really impressed um, with the mentality with 23 new players. We, we've, for the first 11 games, we're traveling 6,000 miles. First yeah. 11 games on the road, taking the time out of class, getting used to getting used to competing on the road because it's uncomfortable being on the road and um, something we talk about all the time, you've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable because if you want to win conference championships and national championships, those are one on the road. So the first 11 games on the road has been great for us. Um, Marina Nawa has been excellent, mm -hmm. uh, Japanese transfer we got from, uh, from a school in New York. Uh, I think she has five goals, five assists in nine games and she's played probably three or four different positions. Uh, she's really came in and just, uh, just stepped up to the level right away and, and She's been really impressive. Um, I think everyone's done well. Uh, she's probably the one that stood out above everyone else. Um, but the freshmen, we can see the improvement every day, and, and we're proud of all of them. This is a local show. we got to ask you, obviously. It's fun to see local kids go on to play at the next level, especially you guys have featured over the years uh, both Richland and Giles County. And you got a, a decent little group of uh, players on the squad this year from Giles County. Yeah, uh, we have three players from Giles County, um, Sienna, Kenzie, and Morgan. Um, we actually had a JV game yes, uh, two days ago, and they, they all three did really well. And that was a great opportunity for our freshmen to get some minutes on the pitch in a real game. Um, just because the schedule's been so tough, we haven't been able to really rotate the squad and give the freshmen too much experience. So uh, that was the first time we've ever beaten uh, Cumberland JV team with our JV team. Uh, so I thought all the freshmen were fantastic. Um, and that was the most complete performance I think I've seen in the JV game in 10 years here. So really proud of them and, and again they're getting better every day and just adjusting to the level you're, you're going from playing club in high school uh, locally and and I coach uh, a lot of these players in mm -hmm. club um, and it's a good level but you're stepping up to playing against 23 24 year olds that play for their national team all American types um, it's just such a huge jump and it's going to take time but um, to be honest they're all ahead of all of our freshmen are ahead of where we would expect them to be right now, which is really encouraging for me. Also, kind of on the local level, you bring up a great point. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your involvement uh, with youth soccer here, both Giles County and kind of in the surrounding areas. Uh, that, to me, is, is kind of what really separates you guys, is how much you like to give back to the community as well. 
Yeah, uh, we ran a youth camp in the summer for, for the little kids and then um, I do a high school camp every year. Uh, Coach Ogeron is gracious enough to allow me to do that with the high school team every summer. Uh, coach travel ball in Colombia and it's just really important for us to, to have a presence in the community, number one to give back but number two selfishly uh, for recruiting purposes yeah. to, to make sure we, we keep the pipeline strong there and that's something we were really proud of when we won the national championship in 2021 that 60% of our roster was with from, oh, there you go, was from within um, I think one hour of campus so mm -hmm. that's something that we're keen to invest in for the next you know five ten years. Absolutely. Coach, uh, as we wind things down here, um, what would it take uh, to go on the road and get maybe two wins versus William Carey and Mobile this weekend? Uh, it's just details. Uh, we, the, the, there's so many little details that separate games. We're number 10 in the country. When you're playing a top 10 team, and we're playing the best team in the country on Thursday, if you execute all the little details, you give yourself, give yourself a chance. Um, if you don't execute all the details, a quality team is going to punish you. And I, We've learned that lesson uh, both ways. We've, we've had games... We, we comfortably beat the number 11 team in the country mm -hmm. on the road. We tied number 12 on the road, and we should have won. And those were games where we executed the game plan and, and took care of all the little details. We concentrated for 90 minutes. And then we had a couple of games where we didn't take care of the details, and we got punished. And, and that's the biggest thing to, to teach the young players, is if you don't take care of details, the top teams will always punish you. Absolutely. Uh, commitment to detail, obviously, so huge. And you mentioned quality teams, and uh, there's no way we could get out of here without asking you, how about the play at the international level? Your Scottish guys, they've been off to a flying start in the European qualification, have they not? Yeah, statistically, um, I think we are top three or four in the world in terms of international form, which is incredible because I've lived through 35 years of heartbreak. So um, hopefully they can, uh, whatever we're doing is working, let's just keep it going. Absolutely. Well, if nothing else, uh, they're doing well right now, and this clip will live forever. So uh, We just hope they don't play the USA men's team because last time we played them, we lost 5-1, so we're trying to stay away from them as much as possible. Absolutely. Well, Coach, certainly best of luck this weekend and best of luck the rest of the way, and thank you very much for your time, my Thanks, friend. Thanks, mate. Coach Will Austin here. He is the UT Southern women's soccer coach. The Firehawks again taking on William Carey and Mobile this weekend. For more on the Firehawks, visit their website, utsfirehawks.com. Quick timeout and then more from the press box right after this. If you're looking for a new job, let M&M Staffing be your guide. With over 20 years of experience, we know how to connect great people with great opportunities. We work with over 80 companies, so we're sure to find the perfect job for you. Our team is dedicated to helping you succeed, and our high customer satisfaction rate proves it. Ready to get started? Visit us at mnmstaffing.net or give us a call today at 931-347-4255. Welcome back in. Final segment here on From the Press Box. Always good to catch up with our good friend and national champ, the women's soccer coach at UT Southern, Will Austin. I had to sneak in a question uh, about his Scottish guys uh, playing at a high level. Um, and it might be the only time we ever and probably will be ever uh, discussing uh, Scottish soccer on this uh, show. So um, if nothing else, we made a little history here today. Time now, folks, for the big finish. We'll get you out of here and get you prepped for a big week of games at the high school, college, and professional level. A lot of sports action going on this weekend. We appreciate you coming to us for all that coverage. And a reminder, folks, if you are entering our fearless forecasters or if you're wanting to learn about local government or if you're wanting to learn about local sports or uh, anything in between, the Pulaski Citizens got you covered 
with just a little bit of everything. So we encourage you to visit PulaskiCitizen.com or stop by our office here at South First Street in Pulaski. We'll get you fixed up. All things local, all things sports, all things Giles County. Let's kick it off, folks. Richland is reeling. There's no other way to say it. The Raiders, after a heartbreaking loss two weeks ago to Fairview in double overtime, they follow up with a tough, tough loss to Cornersville. Broke it down in our opening segment. If you missed it, go back and watch it. It was not pretty for the Raiders in the battle for Buford Station last Friday night. Good news, bad news. Good news is Richland gets Huntland this week. They're on the road but they get Huntland this week. The bad news is Huntland is probably gonna be uh, just as hungry, if not more hungry than Richland perhaps for a win. They are winless on the season. And uh, the, the Hornets come into this game desperately looking for not only their first region win, but their first win at all. And uh, so they certainly will be looking. They took a, a tough loss on the chin last week to Eagleville, but that's a prideful program, obviously, as you guys know. Uh, with Johnny Major's uh, field over there. It is going to be a tough game for Richland, but I do think the Raiders bounce back. I do like what uh, Mark Mize wrote in our paper this week about their offense kind of springing to life. I know some of the points came in the second half when the game kind of had gotten away, but Richland puts up a season-high 28 points and kind of looks okay on offense, uh, heading in the right direction, I should say, offensively. So that's kind of what I'm going to be listening to and watching as the weekend uh, kind of unfolds Friday night. While uh, that is going on, on the road, yours truly, Chris Bledsoe, we will be broadcasting from the Brickyard. Tough to beat a Friday night at Sam Davis Park here in football season, but especially tough because this is absolutely going to be a gorgeous night for high school football weather-wise. Got that cool little bit of winter, uh, excuse me, that fall chill in the air. And I certainly am looking forward to a big game. Lincoln County comes calling. This is a rivalry, folks, that Lincoln County literally just owned until about 2012. They weren't meeting every year, but anytime they would meet, Lincoln County absolutely flattened the Bobcats. But in 2012, Giles County finally kind of turns the tide just a little bit. And then things have slowly started to fall into favor uh, for GCHS. They got a nice win. Uh, I want to say 35 to 14 last year versus the Falcons. Um, and Lincoln County comes in trying to find themselves. I do like their coaching staff. They are led by uh, our good buddy Eddie Cunningham, who's a Richland alumnus, uh, former quarterback for the Raiders. He took his Lincoln County team into Fayetteville, uh, excuse me, into Wayne Hobbs Stadium earlier this year. And uh, the Falcons came away with a one-point win versus the Raiders. This will be the second trip to Giles County for Lincoln County. I do think the Bobcats probably take care of business. The only potential cause for concern is after the big win versus Lawrence County, right when they're kind of clicking, they had a bye week. Uh, so be curious to see. Good news is have a chance to rest up. But again, the bad news is maybe lose a potential little bit of momentum. But I think Giles County gets it done. Speaking of bye weeks, Ardmore is off this week. So uh, the Tigers, who are still uh, looking for their first win of the year, going to have to wait another week. They took a tough loss on the road uh, last Friday night to Lawrence County. So thinking about uh, Jonathan Snyder and the squad down there, hang in there, fellas. Wins are coming uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. I mentioned fearless forecasters. Make sure you get your picks in for this week. We have a massive slate of games 
uh, across college football. As tough as it was to watch some of those games last Saturday, we've got a big-time slate uh, coming up this weekend. Ohio State, Notre Dame, that was a barn burner last year. I'm thinking that the Fighting Irish maybe return the favor and get a little bit of revenge, and the Fighting Irish maybe a touch, I hate to say it, but a little underrated uh, thus far. Don't sleep on the Fighting Irish just yet. This seems like a year where college football could be just wide open, and so I uh, wouldn't maybe discount the Fighting Irish just yet. Um, I do wish both teams could somehow lose. The inner Michigan fan in me kind of wishes there was a way that uh, that game could just somehow end uh, in a tie, I suppose, or both teams were to lose. Alabama, obviously all the drama uh, at the quarterback position, and then now after a clunker versus South Florida last week, they will try and right the ship. Daniel Haney is the lone believer in the Ole Miss Rebels. He says Ole Miss go, uh, goes into Tuscaloosa and knocks off Bama. I think Alabama kind of uh, laid an egg last week, but they were fortunate enough to obviously get the win. think they right the ship. That is going to be a great game in uh, that afternoon window. LSU versus Arkansas. I'm taking LSU. Give me Penn State versus Iowa, but it could be an upset special. If I'm going to circle one game for maybe an upset special, I'm looking at the Hawkeyes to potentially knock off Penn State. Uh, I was one of the lone, one of just two, along with our guest last week, uh, winner last week, James Butcher, to pick Clemson over Florida State. Clemson kind of sneaky in the chicken coop. I think they're uh, getting a touch um, looked apart, uh, looked over after uh, the early loss to Duke. Maybe a chance to stun the Knowles this week. That's, again, going to be a great game. You got Auburn, Texas A&M. You got West Virginia, Texas Tech. Uh, and then the big game, everybody in the panels picking Oregon over Colorado. Uh, as, as much fun as the Coach Prime storyline has been, eventually they're going to have to play a quality opponent, and I think this is the week they run into a little bit of a buzzsaw. Give me the Oregon Ducks. If Colorado somehow survives, uh, they get a home game next week versus USC, but I don't think they leave Austin Stadium uh, with a win on Saturday. Uh, other final games, as we kind of round out our panel here, everybody's picking Kentucky. Everybody is picking Minnesota. I take that back. Uh, James Butcher picking Northwestern. He likes the Wildcats. Uh, into the professional level, and this will sign us out here, folks. I'm taking the Titans. I'm taking the Jaguars. I'm taking the Chargers, and I'm taking my New York Jets to stun the Patriots a little bit after a, a real bad loss to the Cowboys uh, last Sunday afternoon. So that's kind of a look ahead at the weekend. It was a uh, fantastic week for all of our sports teams. Again, if you've missed any part of uh, sports coverage here in Giles County, make sure you check us out. Grab yourself a paper or visit us online at PulaskiCitizen.com. That's really all about the time we have. We will be back next week with another edition of From the Press Box with Wade Neely. So glad to be with you guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. A special birthday shout out to my good buddy and former Martin Methodist College head coach, Scotty Combs. Always a Scotty Combs fan. Happy birthday, my friend. Appreciate all that you do, and we wish uh, Moorhead State best of luck this season. Again, that will close us out here. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your games and enjoy your weekend. See you soon on From the Press Box.